And welcome into another episode of Turning the Corner, a Detroit Tigers podcast. I am Karen Steckley. With me, as always, a man who is unconcerned that video killed the radio star because he's got a podcast. He is Cody Stavenhagen. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right, Karen. Any uh, any liquor endorsements right now? We want to get that all out of the way. Uh, no, 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 no <laughs> liquor endorsements. It was a slightly better week. Now it is trade deadline time. Things are a little crazy. I think post trade deadline, there there are going to be some beverages to be had for sure. Well, I think. Well, let's just get out of the way right now. I think we should, you know, pray to the God that you believe in, or to the some other nature that you are not locked out of Twitter. This trade deadline, you don't get a hack. Oh, don't Twitter. even, don't even, no, no. don't even speak of that. Don't put we, that out back into the universe. No, it, God, it, that was bad. It's, it's 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 deep in my soul that I'm concerned that I don't want it to happen again. So, please, everybody, you're listening. Let the Twitter gods, uh, Elon Musk, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Let's make sure Cody can be active on Twitter on. Trade. Now, now you're just giving people ideas. Stop <laughs> talking about this. Well, look, I mean. It was one of those weeks where I was trying to kind of find a pulse, and there were several pulses. I didn't really know which one was the pulse of the week because, you know, we're kind of kind of drawn out last week. You know, we started with the with the whiskey comment, and the Tigers started playing some winning baseball. Now, full disclosure, because of Cody's travel commitments and ease. Uh, we're doing this Saturday post game. If there's anything relevant um, Sunday, at least I will. Maybe both of us will tack on to the end of this. So everybody, please keep that in mind. Uh, very easily could have taken this series against the Blue Jays, although very easily could have. You know, the Friday and Saturday's games is kind of inverse of each other, and did take a series against the Padres, and even the game they lost was just strange sort of event i mean it was (laughs) it was a wild week and it could only happen in the lead up to trade deadline time you have schoolville saying things chafin talking about medical procedures and shape and then uh schoolville excuse me sort of clarifying and lebron james is on the detroit tigers his name is jamer (laughs) candelaria we'll get to that in a second I don't even know. That was just me rambling for a bit to try to be like, what do we What do we start out with? I don't know. Your boots on the ground. Is there any clarity to this? Is there any? There hasn't been any clarity to this entire <laughs> season. It's been a big, weird, confusing mess. So, no. Uh, but let's start with Tarek Skubal. I think the people like to talk about Tarek Skubal. Um, listeners are probably aware my colleague Ken Rosenthal dropped a story this week saying the Tigers are making Tarek Skubal available. In fact, they're making just about everyone available. Um, people in Tigers land, I'm not talking Twitter, I mean, fans were kind of upset because they generally it seemed like the fan base doesn't want to trade Skubal. Um, a couple people around the Tigers got a little pissy about this because it was like, Oh, well, of course we're, we're listening on everybody. Um, so it's my turn to be a little pissy. Like, as I said a couple weeks, like a few weeks ago, like Ken Rosenthal doesn't just like throw stuff out there. It's not like one random dude was like, hey, man, like maybe 
Like Ken talked to multiple people about this. He's hearing from multiple front office executives that the Tigers are making Scooble available. Now, I don't think the Tigers are going to trade Scooble. That is an educated opinion. I wouldn't report it as fact because who knows what kind of offer could come up at the last minute. Mm -hmm. But as of now, Saturday night, I don't think they're going to trade Scooble. I think the chances of that are pretty low. Uh, But I do think that someone at some point on the Tigers was pushing Scooble out there a little more aggressively than the organization might like to admit. Again, I don't think there's any fault in that. I don't think there's any sense in seeing what you might be able to get. Now, I think the Tigers would demand a King's Ransom for Scooble. I'm talking multiple bats who could be MLB regulars. The chances of them getting that ultimately are probably pretty slim. And I do think people told this to Ken, at least in part, to uh, make it seem like they had other teams make it seem like they had options other than Luis Castillo. I think there's a lot of gamesmanship that goes on this time of year. I'm sure that was part of it. Um, and you could argue the story itself maybe should have included a little more of Ken's reporting. Cause I talked to Ken about this and it, it, it wasn't just nothing. It wasn't just something he heard and then like posted some stuff about like it was a real thing. Um, so that is, uh, where I stand on that and there, we can continue talking about Scooble, but Kieran, what's, what's your take on all this? Well, okay. So Longtime listeners know that I live by one thing when it comes to uh, anonymous source journalism, is that things only get out when they when when people want them out. All right, and and that's and it's Ken's job, and it would be your job, and it's anyone who's a journalist's job to contextualize things, to figure out what's newsworthy, what's real, and if Ken deems it newsworthy and real, guess what? I'm considering it newsworthy and real that's i think you kind of hit the nail on the head where it's like executives are trying to say like other executives are trying to say look we got you know he he, supposedly he's available so we're checking in on this too if they miss out on and this story predated the mariners acquiring luis castillo of course um but i just don't know if it's really a good thing to be outraged by specifically what was reported by your esteemed colleague as as again you've said and other other people have said it's not any sort of like hard angle i'm taking here but yeah listen listen to everybody like uh, like you see the state of the team right now you see how fragile pitching is it is smart business to listen to everybody now you have your standards and you know, and you shouldn't lower them, especially considering all the attributes and contractual uh, advantages that Scooble is exhibiting right now. You got to take that all into consideration. But I'm sorry, but if the Angels are going to listen to offers for Shohei Otani, <laughs> how can you be mad at the Tigers for listening, being made available? Which again, really makes it sound more like out there from a Detroit perspective, then I think people react to it, if that makes sense. Like, oh yeah, he's available. Yeah, well, look, I'm available for a lot of things. I believe that there's not really any job I wouldn't do for the right price. Certain jobs, you're gonna have to pay me a lot of money. 
But for the right price, I might do it. That Mega Millions, there's not a lot of jobs I wouldn't do for that for that cash. Just saying. Made available. Sure, let me... If, if we're going to criticize... So, let me get this straight. This front office is deserving of a ton of criticism. But now we're going to criticize them for looking at the whole picture, for not shutting down offers before they come, for just kind of trying to see the landscape of the asset that they have in, in terms of what other teams view what is right now your second best asset, third maybe if you believe in a couple other guys. It just seems irresponsible to me to not listen. And again, that's all made available means. You know what I mean? Like that that just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me to get heavily emotional about that in my opinion. In fact, you could argue it's a good thing. Now, if you just don't trust the front office and that's why you're mad, a, that's a that's a different lane to be in and I'm not disagreeing with with that part of it but just the general business sense yes you you're 20 whatever games under 500 things are not going so hot listen what if it takes Scooble and person XYZ Washington will send you Soto that's not it's not gonna happen but you know It'd be worth listening, right? If Washington called you, that's all. That's all this is, and how it affected Soda, or excuse me, how it affected uh, Scooble. If we can kind of transition, unless there's anything else you wanted to say on that specific notion, um, how it affected Scooble, I also thought was a positive that he was from the outside. Then we'll get the inside here in a second. It seemed like he was pissed that this was out there and i like that i like that because that shows you a couple things one his competitive spirit two that he doesn't want to leave detroit in whatever fashion that may be and three he has the ability which we already knew to go out there and show hey this is why you can't get rid of me you know and then when things are you know there's an infielder that drops a uh Drops a uh, foul, a potential foul out, which, by the way, Harold Castro on Friday had like the exact same play, and I was like, "Oh God, is he?" It's, he didn't drop it this time, um, but he was a little more casual for a guy who had just done it. But yeah, whatever. Side tangent over. This is exactly how you would want a potential star, which I think we all agree Scooble is, to react. To the notion that he needs to go out of here. If you're if you're the Tigers, a team that is obviously downtrodden, a market that isn't known for outside of like a handful of examples, just automatically gardening the pristine free agents. You know? So this kind of little ride, which was a microcosm of this week, felt to me like a positive. Felt to me like a positive. That was just my outside perspective. I know I rambled on about several different things there, Cody. I'm sorry. Yeah, all I know is Scooble's post-game interview this week was really weird and a couple days removed from it. Maybe it's just a symptom of there being so much hysteria at this time of year. Um, so the article comes out, you know, he pitches, he has a 39 pitch, what, fourth inning, rebounds, go, does well in the fifth and sixth. 
post-game, someone's like, you know, were you motivated to, to go out there and continue eating innings for your team after the fourth inning? And he's like, yeah, and honestly, I had some other motivation too. That's interesting. What was that motivation? To bring it up is interesting. Well, I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> hey, Tarek, how do you feel about the trade rumors? Well, yeah, I should probably keep those thoughts to myself. <laughs> he says this with a look on his face where, like, yeah, he felt some type of way about it. Now, I still don't know exactly if he's mad at, I don't know, The Athletic for putting this story out there, at The Tigers for making him available, at the Tigers for not trading him. Like, like I don't quite know the entirety of what's going through his mind there. Um, you know, and then he ends the interview and there's kind of a pause and he's like, oh yeah, one more thing. I want to give out a shout out to the fans. They were effing phenomenal. And he says that on camera and kind of on Tarek like to just drop an F-bomb on camera. Like, it was like, okay, that's interesting. And it was very like out of nowhere. And a reporter's like, you know, people might read into those comments, right? And Tarek's like, yeah, good. I was just shouting out the fans or whatever. But anyway, he was informed that people might read into that. And I don't know if he, I don't know. I walked out of that interview and my head was just spinning. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? You know, is he, so the, the, the weekend crowds last weekend were really good, um, at least for this team. And then the Wednesday crowd, there was a rain delay, you know, the lower bowl ended up filled up and it was a good game and they were involved Plus in the game. Plus a day game. Yeah. But but the Tuesday Tuesday night crowd was embarrassing. I mean, I, the attendance number, I guess, was fine. But by the end of the game, the place had cleared out and all you had was a few drunk people chanting Detroit basketball, <laughs> which is not a great indictment of like the tigers. It, it, I took like, Oh, these people are looking forward to the Pistons season. Uh, and then you had this kind of grassroots, like fire Alavila night that wasn't a very big deal. Like it was poorly organized and didn't like, was very small, but there were some fire Alf Stan, uh, um, signs in the crowd and they were kind of sporadic not super loud, but you could hear them on and off, like fire out chants. So that happened. And so it's like, okay, is Tarek like giving some kind of nod to this? Like, was he serious about the crowd? I don't know. So we go up to Tarek the next day in the clubhouse. It was just uh, Evan Petzold and I, and we're just kind of like, dude, you, you had our head spinning. And he's like, oh, why? We're like, you know why? And he's like, oh, what? The trade? And I, I don't know. Like, I think it was a good a good talk. Uh, he swore up and down. He was just being serious and shouting out the fans and um, wasn't like there wasn't anything more to read into. So maybe I'm guilty of, like, reading into it too much. It still seemed very weird. Uh, I think we'll take Tarek at his word here. And he was just shouting out the fans. Um but if you want to connect another dot, uh, Tarek's father has liked a few tweets on Twitter that included Tarek's comments, and uh, I think I think some people kind of being critical of the Tigers wanting to trade him. So I still don't know what any of that exactly means. I know Tarek like wasn't happy with the general fact that this story and this rumor was out there. He mentioned the story maybe not having as much substance to it as like people, you know ran with it as like a trade is not imminent, you know? Um, 
So anyway, that's what's going on with Tarek Skubal this week. It's <laughs> it's kind of been a lot of drama, probably all for nothing, because I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, maybe there's an off-the-record conversation you could have with him post-trade deadline that uh, that gets a little more insightful. And I say off-the-record, that obviously that won't be for us, but just in general, it'll help you get a better understanding. Yeah, I mean, I think, and, you know, I think look- at least clarifying things with him this week, again, like, I'm going to take him at his word that he was he was just shouting out the fans. He was serious about that because that's, that's, that's what he said pretty adamantly. So we'll, well you know, keep in mind that, you know, you're mid-20s, you're trying, you, you know, you're trying to find your footing, elevate your status and your profession, and things aren't going well for your organization. Yeah. And, you know, I thought Monday, you didn't mention Monday, I thought Monday's crowd was good if my memory serves correct, at least from a TV perspective. Um and maybe he maybe he is just kind of like you know damn like he he was fired up we didn't even mention the throwing of stuff yeah. uh he he was fired up and maybe he fed off it a little bit and he was obviously I know there's a cool down period before you guys get in there but he was obviously still charged still got the gears moving in his head and this will be an experience for him no matter what happens on Tuesday on like kind of dealing with some of the randomness of the business of baseball i guess and and not to say that i think he did anything wrong but he's gonna like he's gonna remember that day and he's gonna conduct himself based on like experience going through that and all that stuff so you know this first time i'm guessing he's ever been in a trade rumor so that's yeah uh, i'm sure that was part of it too. it's a weird deal it's a weird deal sometimes yeah. you gotta look at it with these guys and their professions and then kind of apply it in in sort of like you know average joe terms and it, and it is a strange thing to go through um is there anything teammates or aj sort of like said maybe not specifically about the comments about the fireness fieriness of uh of school that day like with the cups and you know yeah aj said he he has no problem with the throwing the glove and the hat and the and the cups you know he said look these are competitive guys sometimes it's good to let it out um so i don't think anyone's like actually bothered by it aj kind of joked about it later he's like did did the whole building shake because the dugout was shaking (laughs) you know yeah that's good and yeah and, and that's sort of what i was meaning is that like i I like seeing that out of him. Um, again, we'll talk about him a little bit more in a second, but I thought there was some nice uh, emoting from Jamer this week um, I uh, that I noticed on TV. And, you know, like, in terms of specifically this season, obviously the team is fighting for nothing. But at this point, to see that from those guys... As a fan, you just want to you want you want the players to care, right? At the like at the at a base level, you want players to care, and we we talked about that in spurts on this podcast. And there were two, one grand example, and a couple other like really really nice examples of players caring. Um, had this school thing not taken over, I probably would have led this podcast actually with saying that. Uh, the team is kind of playing like, like you know, like with your boyfriend, or your girlfriend. You kind of feel like, you know, she, he or she's probably gonna break up with me here pretty soon. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I might, 
might might make breakfast one day, you know. I might I might make sure to put the clothes away. You know, do that extra little chore that I know and yeah, you know annoys just trying to hang person. on. Just yep. trying to hang on and We've that's kind of that's kind of <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been there and it hasn't worked, but I did try. Uh well, that's the thing, it never works. <laughs> as my one of my old football coaches to say the haze in the barn um but you know we saw the bullpen on several occasions actually this week on full display and and like i said not that he's a trade piece but jamer candelario ever since uh we kind of side-eyed jamer and the tigers have a little bit of an on again off again relationship though not like no, there's you're bad right. blood between him and the organization, but this like, is he part of the future? Is he not? Right. That's been and on and off, and just when they were about to dump him, now they're now they're kind of back with them. And three doubles, you know, three home real runs, and RBI. Not, yeah. Uh, so you talk about yeah the 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 media highly involved in stuff this week because Jamer clearly read the press clips. Man, I don't know if he listens yes. to this podcast. I doubt it, but he saw the stories. There is no doubt about that. Um, honestly, props to him, man. He backed up, he backed up, uh, the talk. He played his butt off. If that's all it took to get him motivated, man, then, uh, well, I was <laughs> gonna if say, I'm AJ and the coaching staff, I'm just printing off some like fake headlines, to, which I hope they don't do because I don't want the players pissed at me, but like, oh, if, it, if it's all it took to get everyone to write, you're probably about to be non-tendered, then, then, uh, you know. Well, here's the thing. You're a journalist. You're a journalist, so you can't do it. I'm not, so I'm gonna volunteer my services. I'll record clips. You know, it could be a minute, it could be two minutes, <laughs> and I'll just uh, and I'll just say all these things, and then AJ can, you know, take that, and then it, all of a sudden it, it it just finds its way into the iTunes library of the locker room music system, and it's like, wait a second, what? You know, we were listening to music, and what what is this? You know, I got some Joe Schmo talking about. How Eduardo Rodriguez can't lead the team because he doesn't show up. And then, boom. You know, I'm just saying, I'm available. That's all. It's on my AJ Hinch suggestion box, but there are jobs I would do for money. Yes, I will do that for for, for some cash, no doubt. And uh, we a guy that we're kinder to, to kind of wrap up this little section, a guy that we're a little more kind to, although fair, but more kind than Twitter, Willie Castro has had a hit in every game this week, and that includes two home runs. So, I don't know. I actually got a text. See see if this theory is correct in your mind, Cody. I got a text from uh, one of my Tigers buddies, and it was Friday. Friday? Yeah, Friday. And he said, why? It was, it was Riley Green's day off. He's like, why is Willie in center and Victor in right? And what I... Uh, hypothesized was you're like Victor's getting more regular playing time right now so you keep him in his regular spot in the field as opposed to shifting him if it's just for a you know an every now and then game you know putting him in center just keep him right because you're gonna have him as your as your right fielder if he's out there the majority of the time as long as Riley Green's healthy uh, that was you're my talk, theory. You're talking Victor, Victor, in Victor. right field, and Willie yeah. in center. Yeah, Willie in center. So he's the, like, the why answer, not put the Victor answer, in center? The that answer the is the Tigers think Willie is a better athlete. 
faster, generally more athletic. Victor has a problem with like running into people, not having good breaks. Um, is that right or wrong? I don't know. Like I think overall, Victor's a better a better outfielder, maybe even a little better outfielder than he he gets credit for. But that's the answer. Tigers just think Willie's more athletic, thus a better fit. And sir. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh. I would say that's a debatable opinion. I'm not hating it, but it's debatable. Um, but I yeah I just. Especially with Willie's arm, I thought maybe he'd go in right, but I just kind of figured they're going to keep Reyes in right just to keep the, you know, keep the routine, I guess. That was just my theory, but maybe it's wrong. They think he's a better athlete. Interesting. So, we're talking about Willie playing the outfield. Victor Reyes getting a lot of, uh, a lot of time. A lot of this has to do with injuries, right? There's been a theme of this year. I was doing a little thinking. I was doing a little thinking, you know, because the, 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 the news continues to be bad on that front. I'm not putting blame on a particular person because I think that would be unfair. That would be silly. That's not how these things work. It would be silly and it would be unfair. But I was kind of thinking, I was like, you know, at a certain point, there has to be some sort of like institutional blame if that makes sense like is there like how many times can randomness occur before it's not random i guess is the question that i'm just going through in my mind and i'm not saying i've decided on that but it's something that i just kind of have to keep thinking it's like you know is it prevention stuff that needs to be better is it uh diagnostic stuff that needs to be better like th- these are not rhetorical questions like i literally don't know is it rehab stuff that needs to be better like i don't know but i'm starting to get to the point where maybe there's something structurally to use an injury term structurally that could be a problem I'm not saying it is but i've gotten to the point where i'm like like we there, there's got to be more to it. There's got to be more to it in, in baseball. And, you know, it's not like the physical game of football or hockey or whatever. Like, there's there's, there's too much there for me to just ignore it, I guess, is my summarizing point. Yeah, I think you pretty much nailed it. Like, I think it's anyone out there who's like, oh, Doug Teeter's a bad trainer. Or, oh, like, Kevin Rand's a bad physician. Or, oh, the strength staff must be idiots. Like, that's that's not really like true um, evidence but I'm, ev- lack of evidence based claim yeah but uh i would um i'm glad we're talking about this because last week's on last week's pod i i asked for story ideas at the end and let me tell you what shout out guys got a lot more than i thought i need Hell to respond yeah. to my dms um i, I wanted to go thank everyone and i kind of got so many that it, it got a little overwhelming Awesome. Now, I think I got like four or five different requests, like write something about the athletic training staff or the, the injuries or whatever. And just so happened, I began really finally starting to hear some stuff on this. Um, so number one, thanks everyone who submitted ideas. Number two, trying to work on something here. It's a little hard because I don't think 
Tigers are just going to make Doug Teeter available for <laughs> like an interview. Number two, I don't know that the story, the story is not going to be like criticizing or like bashing one guy, but it hopefully be like a bigger look at the system, what can be done better, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, what I can share with you right now is that I think the Tigers have identified that their injury prevention measures have to be better. They're a little bit behind the curve. I don't know if that's a shock. We've heard about the Tigers being behind the curve in other areas. Uh, this is one of them. You know, the best teams in baseball have a lot of data, a lot of information that goes into injury prevention, helping guys um, strengthen certain areas of their body in the weight room, being able to tell when a guy's body is closer to breaking down and then giving them a day or two off, stuff like that. And the Tigers have some really smart people in their biomechanics department, but I think that needs to continue to become a more ingrained part of the process. Um, so yeah, long story short, Tigers uh, have room to grow in the injury prevention department. I don't think that's why per se, a million people have had a million different injuries. But if you want to assess like what can be done better, I think there is something. I think I think that area of the Tigers, you know, training methods um, is going to have to be modified, upgraded a little bit this offseason. So hopefully, you know, we can take a, a deeper look into that at some point here in time. Well, here's the thing. Like, if the Tigers injury problem was an era it would be north of 10 yeah like and so if you had if you had an era you had a like if your bullpen's era was north of 10 you'd probably be like hey look we should probably do a little bit better job with our bullpen so we're a results-based business right so regardless there has to be something that can be done better like that 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 should not be perceived in any way as controversial and i'll also say this this is just me sort of thinking it through and i hope this doesn't ruin your story maybe it does i don't know we'll probably get a real answer if there's like a bunch of hires uh sort of like with the uh analytics and uh performance science restructuring of the front office basically at this time last year into the off season uh we're that's going to tell you what you need to know i guess is yeah kind of we've talked about this before teams aren't always 100 percent forthcoming with the media but they tell you with their actions mm-hmm. there's no doubt about that so keep that in mind for sure i hope i'm not like overusing the term wacky but this is technically a trade deadline primer podcast and there's been so much other kind of weird stuff that this we're kind of just now getting to like actual priming you know reporting speculating all that kind of stuff and 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 if you're not an athletic subscriber you're really in the dark here because cody's been writing about this uh felt like damn near every day uh with everything going on uh these hotels in Toronto aren't cheap, so I'm trying to justify being here. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, I, I, I guess we'll do this right now. What are your senses? So we talked about the Ken Rosenthal story. You had said, like, your, your educated guess, educated opinion, is that Scooble will not be dealt. 
what are your other sort of educated opinions as we are by the time this publishes a day out from deadline time? Yeah, we're at the time of year where things change by the minute by recording this on Saturday by Sunday night. Who knows? We'll see if we have to go in and redo the whole thing. There's a lot of activity on Saturday. By Monday morning, you you start talking Monday, Tuesday. I mean, that's when things really get going. Um, I think the Tigers are going to move a couple people. They're going to move a couple of these bullpen pieces. I don't get the sense anything big is going to happen. If it did, that would probably mean another team kind of gets desperate at the last minute and says, hey, Here's a really good offer for Gregory Soto or something like that. Right now, I, I don't I don't believe Soto is likely to go either. Now, when you look at the group, expiring contract, Michael Fulmer, player option, Andrew Chafin, um, you know, those guys I think could be likely to go. Joe Jimenez has one year left on his deal. I, I, I think more teams should be calling about Joe Jimenez. Like, I think Amen. if you're a contender and you don't go get Joe, then you're – you know, you're, you're being silly. Uh, teams could even have interest in some of these other guys. Alex Lang, Jason Foley haven't really come up in the rumors. And since they have so much control, I doubt the Tigers would be looking to trade them. But you never know. Um, I think the most likely scenario is you deal probably two relievers, probably Fulmer and maybe Chafin and or Jimenez. Um, I think Fulmer, almost 100%, the Tigers will take anything they can get because uh, just his deal's expiring. And, you know, I think that's where we're at. I think a lot of teams need bullpen help. I think now that Luis Castillo has been traded, we're already starting to see the dominoes in the market uh, kind of fall. The next thing is what's going to happen with Juan Soto. All this is related in a way because, say, you're the uh, the Yankees, and if you're in on Juan Soto, you're not telling the Tigers, hey, we'll give you this guy for – uh, Joe Jimenez, because what if that guy's also like part of the package yep. you would use to get Soto? So that's where we're at. Um, now, if the, if the if the Blue Jays like let Michael Fulmer or Joe Jimenez out of Canada, like you know, I don't know that that, that these guys should cross <laughs> customs, but yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know exactly who, um, kind of the most heat. You know, there is, again, it's probably one of those things. I'm sure all the, the Tigers have had talks with all contenders about their bullpen pieces. We'll see how the market shapes up um, Monday and Tuesday. Um, the last few years, the Tigers have waited until right at the deadline to make their deals. I hope that's not the case this year because um, <laughs> that's just stressful for me. But I kind of think that's probably the most likely scenario again this year. You know, I don't consider myself a road scholar, and I like forming my opinions independently and then seeing if smart people agree, and it makes me feel good about myself. So you today with Dan Diggerson, I thought did a good job expressing in, in better terms um, what I feel about Joe Jimenez is that there's there's a there should be a market for him b he's ascending now and as you pointed out everyone kind of knows the story at this point uh he's a prime candidate to get 
a guy that could be 22 on your new updated prospect list, you know? And I, I think it'd let's, be a... Let's, let's aim higher. Let's aim for, like, 15. Oh, 15. I'm down for 15. Yeah. I, like, I he's love, got, he's I, got a whole I, other year of control, man. You better get a little more than 22. Okay. You're okay. not getting anything See? amazing, but let's get, let's get, like, a dude who can be a major leaguer. Well, you know? there you go. See, the person smarter than me said aim higher. So I'm going to aim higher now. Uh, it, it was interesting to me to see your your writing, your tweeting, which is at Cody Stavenhagen, by the way, and then hearing you with Dan, and obviously just now, downplaying Gregory Soto's trade likelihood. That's something that, to be honest, I was I was kind of anticipating that it would be the opposite. At this point, there'd be a ramp up of speculation. And, you know, maybe not something that would make the headline of a Ken Rosenthal story, but something that would be like a beefy note in a, in a, in a trade deadline, uh, like a national guy trade deadline, uh, story. So I'm kind of curious why that is, because that, I think that's a fear for some people. Some people might think like, what's the point? Closers are a dime a dozen, trade them, get all these assets you can, uh, I guess kind of explain the why you're sort of vibing that direction. Yeah, I would say Soto's probably like a little more likely to be traded than Scooble, but still unlikely at this point. Um, but he is one of the better relievers, quote-unquote, on the market. So again, let's see what Monday and Tuesday bring. Um, I think... It comes down to, look, he's under control through, what, 2025, I believe. And, you know, therefore the Tigers are going to have a high asking price. He's a two-time all-star closer. He's an asset for the team. Uh, They didn't move him last year at the deadline when his name was loosely thrown around. Now, I personally, I don't, I don't know, when people are like, should the Tigers trade Scoople? Well, it depends what you're getting back. Like, I don't, like, generally, I think no, unless, I don't know, give me the names they, they might get in return, then we'll talk. Generally, I think no. Generally, with Soto, uh, I kind of think yes. Again, it depends what you get. Can't trade the dude for nothing, but if you can get, um, like, an everyday young bat, which maybe that's a little steep, but I, I think possible, uh, I think I would be in favor of that because... I think generally relief pitchers are replaceable. I think Soto's really good, but um, a young hitter would ultimately be more valuable to your franchise. I think closers in general are a little bit overvalued. Um, and if you're, but if you're a team in a pennant race, you know a seventh, eighth inning guy, which is probably what Soto would be. Well, that that is more valuable. So is there a team that'd be willing to almost overpay a little bit for a piece like that? Um, I don't think, you know, the, the Tigers franchise rests on Gregory Soto. Uh, so I would be more open to trading him for sure. Um, you know, same time the Tigers aren't going to move him. I don't think for like some double a like right-handed long reliever, you know, they're going to have to get kind of a dude, you know, maybe not a top. 50 prospect but they're gonna have to get a pretty legitimate player to move soto um so teams might ultimately view that as not worth it 
I guess I'm curious, because again, you report on this in depth and will continue to. I guess I'm curious, like, one of the things that made Wednesday such a, Tuesday, Wednesday, such like a, like a, a vibe, a weird vibe, he's overusing that word, weird vibe, was you're like, all right, Soto's on for the ninth, uh, is this his last time in a Tigers uniform? And if it was, man, what a way to go. And then he comes on for the 10th, and we know how that happened. Uh, Fulmer, is that his last time in Comerica Park? Well, I say Tigers uniform, I meant Comerica Park. Uh, Interjection. Remember these great crowds the Turk Scoobal gave uh, a a shout-out to? They didn't cheer for Michael Fulmer one bit. That's not good. That's a guy who's been through a ringer for your franchise. So you got Fire Owls, like... You got fire owl signs and then no cheers for Fulmer. Like, former former rookie of the year. Right. Anyway. Uh, everybody who's there for this team should realize the ramifications. Uh, no disappointed by that. But I, I guess what I was getting at is, generally speaking, we talked about, we went in depth on Scooble. I know you talked to other guys. How are some of these names that are in speculation likely to be traded? How are they kind of, how are they handling it? You know, how, what are they saying? You know, what, what's going on with that? Yeah, I think Fulmer especially. I mean, he's a little older. He's been through it. He's been traded before. His name has been in trade rumors almost every year of his career. Um, I think he, you can kind of tell he's just accepted it. Like, he knows he's going. And, and I think he's sad to leave this organization where he's kind of grown up, but excited about the prospect of, of um, pitching in meaningful baseball games. So, you know, you can kind of see him just like, you can just tell he gets it. He gets the business because he's been through it. Um, he knows it's coming. Uh, these other guys, you know, Joe, Joe was, a, Joe was a little harder to read. Like, you know, he said he wants, he said he wants to be a tiger for sure. And I guess that's what you're supposed to say. I mean, um, but I almost wonder like, Sometimes, why do these guys act so sad when they're traded? Like, like, look, it sucks leaving your teammates, what you're comfortable with, but especially younger guys who, you know, maybe don't have their family or their kids involved. Like, I'd be pretty happy to go <laughs> pitch for a contender, man. Uh, and, like, that'd be cool. And Chafin, I think the same way, you know, he's he's been traded, I think, the, the past two years. And he was like, look, I'm a lefty reliever. That's the reality. Whatever happens, happens. So that's kind of how how he approached it. Um, you know, I, it, I guess, like, it's got to be weird and stressful for these guys. I do sympathize with them there. You know, it's, it's like going to work each day and you don't necessarily know if you're going to walk into the same office tomorrow. Your office might be on the other side of the country. That's pretty stressful, sure. you know. That's pretty stressful. Well, um, uh, overall, okay. I think they're handling yeah. it well. And, you know, I, I imagine for some of the guys like the Fulmers of the world that probably would feel like, uh, in addition to growing up as a, as a Detroit Tiger, they probably feel like the fact that they're getting traded is a sign that as a team, things haven't gone well. And so the competitive spirit in them is like, it. there's like, all right, it's it's... I don't know if defeat's the right word, but it didn't go well. Yeah. that And that that's the one message AJ has really tried to drive home. He's said it publicly. I know he's said it basically to the team behind closed doors as well. It's like, 
we're in this position where there are rumors about us because we have lost games and therefore we are sellers. Like that's the cold hard reality. I think it, it kind of like last year when they were mathematically eliminated and he held kind of his end of season talk like that day. I think similar vibes there and like he's kind of trying to drive home the point where if you don't want to have to deal with these rumors, there's one way to fix that. We got to win more games. Yeah. So. yeah. And that's the right way to approach it, I believe. Uh, by the way, shout out AJ just randomly. I always think he does a very good job of, like, whenever they're nationally broadcast, it was Apple TV on Friday. I, I, I think he handles that, like, extra media sort of doing the the in-game interview with the headset or the between the between the any interview. I, I've given him a shout out for this before, but... It's a weird thing. I'm not saying I dislike it from a broadcast fan experience perspective. Like I guess I enjoy it more than anything else. But it's a weird thing, and the same thing for players that you know are mic'd up, agree to do that, and all that stuff. Like that's not actually written in the job description. And and the Tigers that I've seen that have done that, Riley Green, AJ. Um, I'm sorry if I'm missing somebody else. I have I feel like handled that well. I feel like that's that's good for that's good for the game. So shout out for being good for the game. Uh, okay, so the Chapin thing. Chapin thing, excuse me. It's not really a topic like I really want to like dive into, but it is something that we have to just mention, is that like he wasn't in Toronto because he's unvaccinated. I know you talked to him about this, and that is something that could be relevant for a team potentially trying to trade him and we saw that with the Yankees and, and Ben Attendee, you know, acquisition. It was like, oh, he's going to get vaccinated. He's like, oh, he's undecided. And we got to have to kind of have this weird back and forth, you know, sort of a reminder that, you know, we're still, you know, in the pandemic. President Biden, um, hope he's all right, unfortunately tested positive for a second time in a very short period. Um, so we've done a good baseball and sports in general have done a good job of sort of like moving on safely you know moving on and making us have some semblances of normalcy but then there are instances like this where we got to get reminded of like you know the thing that is out there literally um is that is that a big deal for his value is that uh and i know like you asked him and you wrote this but uh, you know we're trying to tease your stories too so like is is this like a non-negotiable is he Kyrie Irving is he Kyrie Irving that's I guess that's the big question is he Kyrie Irving uh I don't think there's anything about Andrew (laughs) Chafin that reminds me of Kyrie Irving other than I like I guess they're they're unvaccinated um you know what was weird about that Scooble interview right before the Scooble interview? We were talking to Chafin about like the COVID vaccine. Like there was just a lot <laughs> happening. And then we were talking to Fulmer about like, is this a lot? Like there was a lot happening in that moment. Um, Chafin, he hasn't got the COVID shot. Asked him, hey man, why haven't you got the COVID shot? So he talked about with his family. They didn't think it was right. He didn't really elaborate. Um, you know, hey, I think you guys should uh, get your vaccines if you haven't. But. Um, I don't really think it was necessary to like dive in, like harp on, harp on him, like whatever. 
but there's kind of a lot to unpack because number one, like the Tigers lost Saturday's game kind of as a result mm, of this. Good point. Andrew Chafin is vaccinated. He's in Toronto. Derek Law is not on the roster. Derek Law is not entered that game. Uh, for the record, I I guess Drew Hutchison left that game because he had an ankle injury when he first left. I was like, why is AJ pulling him? I did not agree with that decision. Um, I don't love the decision to bring in Derek Law with the lead in a close game, you know, his first big league appearance of this year. I know your bullpen's been taxed, but didn't love that. Obviously, it didn't go well well for Derek Law. That's all a result of Chafin not making the trade. It's true. As for the trade deadline question, I don't know. Uh, Right now, our precedent is Andrew Benatendi, who got traded to the Yankees. Sounds like he has agreed to... Get the vaccine. Kind of. Ask Chafin, would you, you get the vaccine? Kind of walked it back. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It, well, right. Okay. So, yeah, who knows? Ask Chafin, basically, hey, if you were traded, like, would you would you consider getting the shot? And he said, maybe we'll see what happens. So, that's right. not a no. Which, number one, I think it's kind of funny. Like, so if you're really against getting this shot, but, oh, actually, if I play for a different baseball team, I'll get it. Then, like, are you actually yeah. against no, right. getting the shot? I don't know. Uh... Um, and then will it actually affect his trade value? If I'm the Blue Jays, you know, I don't know if he's going to go play in Canada. If I'm Toronto, I need a firm yes that he's, he's getting vaccinated. I think any team, I think you're taking a gamble a little bit by what if we acquire this guy and then he's not there when we go to Toronto in September or what just what if we match up against the Blue Jays in or the I got to have it game again in um, Toronto yeah yeah now what I've what I've kind of heard from multiple people in the industry is teams aren't really too worried about that just because the odds of that happening are so slim um Teams are still just trying to improve, so I don't think it's going to like make or break Andrew Chafin's trade value by any means, but it is just another factor to consider. I think it should be noted, and I'm not trying to get into this, this to be a vaccine part of the podcast, but we have to talk about it because it's relevant. Uh, there's a lot of people in this country that got the shot or shots for what I would classify as business reasons. And so professional, I mean, I'm sure there are people on the Tigers that just got it just to make things easier. Oh, I know know there are. So that's. Guys, guys who are on the fringe of the roster. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's consideration. Every sport, every sport, because that's a complicating factor. And if you're fringe, you don't want any complicating factors. So. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. I do I do think that I like that nugget you put in there, Cody. That with the chances of this being like a high leverage thing for him or anyone else who's unvaccinated, being way lower than what the public discourse is, I think is a, is an important thing to note. So. You know, we shall see. I think he has to be traded just because, I mean, like we've talked about a player option. Like, this is what he does. Uh, you know, thank you for your service. I mean, he was good, obviously. He's going to get traded. Um, speaking of trades, though, I think it's kind of official. If we're going to list the the dubs for Alavila 
and this is going to sound like I'm trolling him. And I guess in a way I am, but I actually do mean it. I'm like, Daniel Norris trade. Huge dub. Because <laughs> you got him back. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, yeah, we'll see what Reese Olsen ends up being. Now we got Daniel back. Uh, man, I love Daniel. One of my favorite guys. I hope he's able to get an opportunity. I think it'd be great if he came uh, back. With the Tigers this year. I don't know if it'll happen. and It might just be like a couple weeks stretch him out I, he might have like one of those minor league opt-outs where he ends up somewhere else soon we'll see what happens but i really want daniel to walk into the clubhouse that would make me think that'd very be happy um anything to uh, i think i saw this i believe evan tweeted out and if you did it and i didn't see it i'm sorry and if other people reported it i'm sorry for not remembering but Jonathan Scope changed agents? Is that accurate? Um, yeah, I whoever told Evan that did not tell me that. So, so yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Obviously cuz very interesting. Seems like his relationship with Boris was lasted 1 year and didn't really got him in an extension with the Tigers when Boris probably wanted him Seven to. 7 and a half million player very option strange. for next year. Uh, we talked again. We talked last week. It would seem insane for him to exercise that player option, um, but it. Yeah, he's not. But it was. Uh, it was kind of interesting. So okay, it is. We'll uh, we'll kind of wrap up with. Uh, I have an AJ Hinch suggestion box, and then uh, I think Cody, you're in Toronto. I think you should shout out the city of Toronto. So we'll end with that. But first. Uh, my I have a suggestion box for AJ Hinch, and it's kind of a gut thing. So if there's just some unrealistic part of it or just not necessary part of it, I'll always accept pushback from you or anybody that I whom's opinion I respect. Uh, I kind of want to see Willie Castro. We talked about him center versus right field. I want to see him in left field. I went and looked this up. So he has not played in left field since June 11th, where this podcast will publish on in August. June 11th. And the 10th, he also came in after like pinch hitting or whatever. So it's kind of been spot duty for the most part, for the better part of the season as a left fielder. And I'm always curious because that was the position I played when I was growing up playing baseball about the theories of, you know, different fielders, athletic traits that, you know, go well for here, there, and that. And, you know, he's been in right field. We like his arm. You say that, you know, he gets some center's duty over Victor Reyes because they like his athleticism. I guess in theory, the arm and the athleticism are... Uh, you know, I guess not as prevalent for a left fielder, just in a general landscape of, of, of you know, forming your outfield. But if we're going to do this Willie Castro thing, which we obviously are, I think he ought to get a little bit more time in left field because we've seen a couple instances of having to have throw from home throws to home this week from a left fielder that were off. And if he's got a good arm, he can use it there. And if he's athletic, there are plenty of outfields of which you gotta nap, you gotta exhibit your athleticism to make some fine plays. And you, you know that translates to all three positions. So if you're gonna 
play Riley Green all the time, which obviously four. And I want to see more Victor Reyes because what else? What else? What reason is there not to at this point? I'd like to see. I'll say it. I'd like to see Willie in left field more than Robbie Grossman. I don't know how that plays in a locker room. I know there's more factors at play, but I I'd I'd rather see Willie in left field over Robbie Grossman. So if you're gonna do this thing where you're trying to figure out this is a guy that can kind of get into the cockroach category that we talked about last week, why not play him in left field more? He hasn't played there since the early part of June, and now we're in August. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock Willie Mays Castro <laughs> on this episode. Um, I do think the funny thing is like, all right, let's, can Willie play the outfield? Oh, Willie's kind of an outfielder now, and now we're slowly reverting to like, well, he needs to be able to play the infield too for him to make next year's roster. He probably has to play like I, yeah, it's like give him a third base. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of been a whole saga with Willie. Also, guys like Robbie, I, I think it's interesting. These guys who are on expiring deals, Robbie, Tucker Barnhart, uh, maybe even Michael Pineda, assuming they don't get traded, which right now seems unlikely, you know, they're not guaranteed a spot for the rest of the season. The Tigers are going to want some young guys up here. Um, so if you're Robbie, like you, you got to earn that playing time, man. The days of things being handed to you are, are over and the days of even being guaranteed a roster spot because you're under contract are, um, quickly numbered. So I think we're going to see, um, a lot more roster turnover apart from just trades here in the next six weeks. As it should be, as it should be. And I've I've liked Grossman basically the entirety of his time with the Tigers, but at this point, there's more reasons to give other guys his playing time than uh, yeah. than to just kind of lock him in at left field, occasional right field, and where the five spots in the order that he uh, occupies on a regular basis. So I uh, kind of unfortunate yeah. it hasn't worked out because he was such a great acquisition mm-hmm. last year. Um, he's been he's been really good to deal with from my standpoint. Um, I still like his profile as a baseball player. You know, he just hasn't been able to get it together this week. Go look at his splits though. He's crushing left-handed pitching. He's destroying left-handed pitching. Unfortunately, against righties, he's been very very bad, and that's obviously kind of tanked. His yeah, team. that's uh that's a funny little bit that you and dan had on the radio today because it's 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 not how it's supposed to be that's not how it's kind of the way (laughs) the best way to phrase it uh all right cody you're in toronto uh i have a quick little toronto anecdote i've never been i've never been to canada but uh when i was 18 years old i went to see david letterman with uh, my buddy scott they what they do is they get you in line you have to get the tickets in advance, of course, to get you in line, and then they count you off, and then they send you to a bar, and then so you're mingling with other people who are going to be in the... They want people to get drunk so they can laugh, even though it's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, <laughs> and you're mingling with other people who are going to go to the show. So I met a Canadian guy, and I don't know how we were talking about, because my buddy Scott says, Texan looking as they come. Uh, maybe I was wearing a Detroit hat or something, I don't know. But uh, we started talking about Detroit slash Toronto, and he goes, well, you know, like, the strippers in Toronto are, like, 
really <laughs> friendly. So like a lot of guys in like Detroit and, and you know Michigan or whatever will uh, will come over for a good time. You know, eighteen alcohol age or whatever. And the strippers are so nice that instead of letting them drive home drunk, they'll like let them crash at their apartment. So I don't know if that's true. But that's just what I was told. <laughs> so I have, I've always had a glowing opinion of Toronto. So Cody, how, how, uh, how is, how is the, how is T-Town? I know your colleague James loves it too. How is T-Town? Um, I cannot confirm <laughs> or deny the stripper thing. No, I've, I've not attended any uh, strip clubs on this trip. So I have no idea if that's true. Um, sorry to let you down, Kieran. But you know what? Toronto is a great city. This is my second time here. The first time I was here, I stayed by Rogers Center. The roof was closed the whole time. It rained ridiculously like all three days. Didn't really get to experience the city. Um, this time, staying a little further out, walked like two miles to the ballpark the first day. and Seeing a little more of the city. Still want to kind of get out and about, but um, did have some people buy me a tequila shot because it was after one of the... the no, the Tigers won that night. I don't know. I was sitting alone at a bar, and apparently these people thought I looked miserable, <laughs> which I didn't. Like, I was fine, and this guy bought me it's either. They were hammered, but I ended up, you know, made some made some Canadian friends, and uh, just a clean city, man. It, 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 imagine, it's not as big as New York or Manhattan, but, like, imagine New York without all the bad things of New York. It's kind of what Toronto is. It's pretty great. You got a, uh, got a favorite Canadian beer or uh, liquor? Uh, not really. I mean, I always, I, whenever I go up north, I always get Labatt. And I, I mean, I can get it okay. here too, but I always like to get yeah, Labatt. Yeah, no, they serve that. They, yeah, you can get Labatt anywhere I, in Michigan. Not a big, not a big Labatt guy. I love it because they purposely make their marketing look like Bud Light. And I think that's hilarious. Uh, like the labeling and all that stuff and the fonts. And uh, also when I was uh, in high school, sorry, mom. When I was in high school, we would have parties. We could only afford the cheapest liquor. And among those was uh, Canadian Mist. Can't drink Canadian. Okay. Cannot drink Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> I got. I, I was chugging it one time so bad that I tried to like unscrew the cap that was non-existent. So I'm just like moving my hand over the bottle, and it was really bad. Uh, wow. So I haven't I haven't drank it since, but I did enjoy it that day. So shout out to Labatt. Shout out to Canadian Miss for providing me some good memories that I somewhat remember. So. <laughs> Anything else, Cody, you want to say before we get out of here and the off chance we got to come back on Sunday? <laughs> no, I think we're all good. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks for fitting fitting me into your schedule. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to the New York Times for funding this great trip for Cody to go to Toronto and report on the ground as, like I said a million times, it's a wacky week for the Detroit Tigers, and we'll have... A little bit more resolution by the next time we talk to you guys. So thank you, everybody, for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Apple, Spotify, five-star review if you feel so inclined. We very much appreciate it. Hope that we bring a little entertainment to uh, to your Tigers fandom. So for Cody Stabenhagen, I'm Kieran Steckley. Everybody have a great week.